You're listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. Here are your hosts, Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. Welcome to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry. I'm here with Jeff Griffin. We are in the beautiful city of Laguna Beach. It's one of my favorites. We've actually done some other work down here in Laguna. We love Laguna. But we wanted to really focus on one thing here in Laguna. We're going to talk about the pageant of the Masters and the Arts Festival. Laguna is a very artsy town. Yeah, it's uh, long been associated with the arts. It's so beautiful here that artists have come here for... Flocked. Flocked here for generations. <laughs> At one point, the uh, high school mascot was actually the artist. I and, didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, they, that's funny. A football team called the artist. That tradition continues here. Throughout the town, you can find sculptures. You can find galleries. There's, there's the Sawdust Festival. There's just next festivals door, going yeah. on all year. It's an artsy town. I mean, we, we happen to be covering today, I would say, the most famous, unique thing of all of this artsy stuff, which is the pageant of the masters. Yeah, it's great because it's sort of like you've got this beautiful town to begin with right on the beach, and then you get here and they've got this incredible thing called the pageant of the masters that we're going to be talking about today. It's sort of like when you get a really good burger and then they put bacon on it too. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not the most artful uh, analogy, but Laguna is a fun place to hang out anyway, and then on top of that, they put on this just wonderful art festival and pageant of the masters. We're going to try our best to describe the pageant of the masters to yes, you. It, it's difficult. But we're going to come up short. I it's can tell you right now. You see it, yeah. It's one of those, I had heard all about it. it. People tell you about it. You think, oh, that sounds interesting. But until you go see it and get the combination of being in the beautiful canyon at night, the music, the dance, the narration, the different pieces of art. It's breathtaking. I mean, it really is. There were times when I came out of there saying, wow. I mean... Well, no, I, there were a couple of times I heard him actually gasp when we were and, <laughs> seeing the show. I heard this, oh, like, like I way, definitely I'm, heard that. And I am I am a very He's a cynic. cynic. <laughs> I, I'm usually the one who comes out of the movie going, eh. Eh, it could have been better. You know... <laughs> This was not the case here. I was totally bowled over, and we're going to try our best to describe it to you, but really, you've just got to go see it. That's true, and there's a couple little tricks of the trade. You know, we haven't gone to this. I, well, I have went like 20 years ago, but I, I have, it's absolutely breathtaking. We haven't gone in so long that I couldn't, kind of forgot about some of the tricks of the trade, like that you can bring a picnic in, come early and have music. So we want to talk about that, too, because there's also ways to do the festival, I think. Anyway, a lot more than that coming on the show. We've got a lot of great guests coming up. Who do we have on today's show? We've got Dan Dooling. We were really lucky to be able to talk with him. He has been the script writer for many years, and they've got this beautiful narration running throughout the program, and he does that every year, and he's sort of the unofficial historian of the pageant and knows a lot lot about it. (laughs) Then we're going to be talking with two of the artists who are exhibiting at the festival, Nancy Hawley and Fabrice Spies. That's one of the cool things about this is the artists are there, and you can just talk to them. And they're not just any artists. We're yeah. going to learn about that. I mean, it's a very competitive to get into this. If you get in, you are really, I mean, you were viewed as a very talented artist to be able to get into this show. And so it's really interesting to kind of listen to them and what their genres are and what they do. So we're going to be talking about that as well. 
before we get to all of that, we first need to do Hot Topics and Travel up next. Is it hot? It should be. (laughs) Stay tuned. You're listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. Check out our hot sheet for today's show at TravelBrigade.com. We'll have links to all of the different things we're talking about here. That's right. You can also check us out on Twitter at Travel Brigade or our website, TravelBrigade.com. We'll be right back. What's not? What's trending? Next up, this week's picks for travel news and hot topics in travel. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry. I'm here with Jeff Griffin. We are in the beautiful city of Laguna Beach, one of my favorites, feeling the beautiful sea breeze, beautiful view, everything. I just, Laguna is one of my favorite places down here. I think one of the reasons, too, is anyone who knows anything about Southern California knows that each one of the beach cities has a very different feel. Uh, Newport's a certain way. Huntington's very surferish. And then we've got Laguna that is the arts mecca. Yeah, we're going to be talking today about the pageant of the masters and then also the festival of arts that sort of surrounds that. We just had an amazing time here and we're anxious to tell you about it. But first of all, we need to do hot topics and travel. I got this off the Huffington Post. It's called Five Bad Reasons Not to Travel. It's by <laughs> Sharon Puffer. I hope I'm saying that name right. And we'll post a link to it. But I'm going to read each of the five bad reasons in a very whiny voice. And then I'm going to let you shoot them down because okay. I know you can shoot them all down. Okay, here we go. And that's what they do in this article, but I'm, I'm going to give You're going to see your... if my shoots are as good yeah. as her shoots. That's a deal. You're on. Here Here's we go. Number one. It's too hard to plan. <laughs> Get over yourself. That's like my first thing. Second of all, I think that's the best part. For me, I call it the sort of foreplay of travel when you get to plan and figure it out. And you don't need to plan. You just need to find a day. If you're going on a cruise or going whatever, just find a day, put it in the calendar, make it happen. We've actually done uh, other hot topics about they found that what really causes happiness is planning a trip. Happiness. Pure joy and happiness. And that having something to look forward to. That's right. They also pointed out that we're in the age of TripIt and all these travel apps and GPS on every phone. It's easier than it's ever been. Exactly. You don't need anyone to, we'll help you. Just send us an email or tweet us at Travel Brigade. But you can do it on your own, people. You can. Okay. Here's the second one. I have no one to travel with. Well, that's a really dumb excuse. First of all, I love traveling myself. Second of all, there are places like, and I don't know specific names of places, but there are places and travel agencies that either can hook people up that want to travel or you can find people that are willing to travel with you. But the other thing is people traveling by themselves, like to me, that is the Mecca when you have accomplished knowing yourself is that you are feel feel comfortable with yourself, that you can travel. As a matter of fact, one of my trips coming up, I have planned for when I retire, kind of moving towards that, that I'm going to do a round the world trip. And I said I was going to go by myself. And it's really because I want to know that I can do it more than I don't want to spend time with Jeff. It's just that I want to know that I can do it and that I can have time to reflect and that I can focus on what I want to focus on. And I, I think those are really good for you. They jolt you. Yeah, the other thing the article brought up is there's a lot of people traveling solo now, and we've seen like on cruise ships and different things where they're really catering to solo travelers. And you may 
meet more people. Well, and I don't, mean that, I don't mean in a hookup kind of you, way. I mean, in a cool kind of way. Yeah, you're not going to meet anybody staying home. No. Even you and I, I think we kind of give a little bit of an open vibe, like more than most couples, I guess, that travel. Because we meet people when we travel. But I think I can count how many people we've met when we've been alone or done things differently for the day. It's fun to meet people. Well, that's part of the reason you travel. Okay, here's number three. I don't speak the language. Rosetta Stone, help us out. First of all, you don't need to speak the language. I mean, in my opinion, everyone should learn a few words so that you're being polite. Please, thank you, excuse me. Just a few things. Maybe enter, exit, stop. Just, I think you could get away with like five words as long as you know if you're in like a metro where the exit is. I mean, that, that's not a lot to do. First of all, there are travel apps that will translate for you. There are books that are translate for you. And if you have enough time, why not take a class? Why not go learn some German? Although you really don't need to learn in Germany because they speak English better than us. But why not go learn some French or something? It's not, it's fun. You don't need to speak the language. The language of love I'm, is of all language. <laughs> and the money too. Money is of all language as well. <laughs> I was just going to say, I'm horrible at picking up foreign languages, but I've been able to travel, number one, because... I've got a travel partner who's good at picking up languages. But number two, I've been stunned at how many places we've been where people speak fantastic English. Yeah, amazing. Here's number four. I'll travel later in life. Yeah, when you're dead, there's no point in traveling later. You know, if you're young and you're middle-aged, you're older, whatever, traveling will make you younger. I think I think you should just travel whenever. And it doesn't have to be the most expensive European vacation. It ha- it can be anything. I mean, there's so many places in here in the U.S. that we have traveled that I was just like blown away by that I had no idea was around the corner and it was inexpensive to get there. Whether it was going to the wine country up, you know, past Santa Barbara or if it was going to the races in Kentucky. I mean, there's some really cool things. So I think it's just people need to set a budget, figure out what they can afford to do. And they just can find something to do within that budget. It can be $1,000. It could be $500 for a weekend. It could be $5,000 to go on a Nile cruise. You know, it doesn't really matter. Seize the day. Here's number five. It's not safe to travel. People, it's not safe to cross the street. Let's just be honest. I think they've done data on this that you actually are more likely to be like hit by a car or like have a furniture fall on you for moving than you are to get hurt while traveling. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously different levels of precautions you need to take at different places. Yeah, like don't go to Iraq and like put bring your American flag. I mean, that's hello. But other than that. Yeah, no, there's there's different levels at different places, and you always want to be careful and, and learn the customs. And, but what are you going to do? I and, mean, there was a threat. Sorry, I had the kids in the back car, and there was a threat on the San Francisco Bridge and the Golden Gate Bridge. And I thought to myself, this is really weird that you're going through the bridge, right, and they're checking for bombs under the cars. And I thought to myself... Well, I can either freak out about this because I have the kids in the car or I can just go forward, not freak out about it and think, what a way to die. You know, like if, if you were going to die, would you rather hide in your house and not do anything or would you rather live your life? And I go with live your life. Yeah, they posted one of the quotes they had in here with somebody said, life shouldn't stop because a group of terrorists says so. And obviously we're not just talking about that. I mean, you should take, you know, health precautions when you go places, get your shots and all those different things, but get travel insurance. 
it, travel insurance. I mean, there's a lot of different things you need to do to, to make sure you're protecting yourself. But on the whole, part of the reason you travel, and I, I don't want to sound cavalier about this, is you get outside your comfort zone. Exactly. And you learn a lot about yourself and other people. I think it's amazing. Coming up, we've got an interview with Dan Dooling. He is the scriptwriter for The Pageant of the Masters, and he's also the historian of The Pageant of the Masters. He's got a lot of great information on it. Stay tuned. You're listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. Check us out on Twitter at Travel Brigade. We will be right back. You're listening to Travel Brigade with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. You can follow them on Twitter, like them on Facebook, and check out their website at TravelBrigade.com. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry here with Jeff Griffin. And, of course, you know, we're always talking about the beaches and everything here in Orange County, but one of the things we're doing today is talking about the really beautiful art community, and I, my breath is still taken away by the Pageant of the Masters. Yeah, we went to the Pageant of the Masters I had never seen it before, and I was absolutely blown away. Um, it's amazing. There, I'm a very cynical person, yeah. a very pessimistic person. And there Walked was, out of the movie going, eh, yeah, I'm usually the one right. who walks out of the movie going, eh, it was okay when everybody else is raving. Yeah. There were several times there where I visibly oohed and awed yeah. in this. Yeah. Here's the problem. I've been trying to explain it to people. No, they and don't they get can't, it. If you say that, well, they dress people up and make them look like <laughs> pictures, yeah. I mean, which is cool enough in itself, but they don't really get the feel of being there. They don't get the feel of being in that beautiful canyon. They don't get to no. hear the stories that go with it. They don't get to see the dancing. They and don't I definitely think we were novices. I mean, you, you could tell, like, music. I actually was raised in Orange County and haven't lived there in many, many years, but I went to the pageant, oh my gosh, 20 years ago, and I can't even recollect the amazing experience that I just had. And the only thing that I can do when I compare it to people is I start telling them to, to look at the Bluth episode, and then they start <laughs> to get it. They start okay. to go, oh, that thing. And okay. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> well, I've been telling people it's Art, music, dance, theater, a bunch of Amazing, things rolled yeah. into one. Dan Dooling is here. He's the script writer. They, they have a beautiful script that goes throughout this. Dan, tell us, you know, when you're writing the script for the Pageant of the Masters and when you try to explain to people what it is, can you, can you do it better than we can? Yeah, really. <laughs> Give it a stab. Probably not. More than half my life. It's great to talk with you, Jeff and Kathleen. More than half my life I've spent working at the pageant writing the scripts. And I still find myself with the same problem you have, which is how do you explain something that, as you say, incorporates theater, music, dance, art, and just a real, really amazing setting, an outdoor setting that is as beautiful as any outdoor amphitheater in all of Southern California. Yeah, for sure. And put those elements together and you have a theatrical entertainment for a general audience. I mean, I love the fact that kids can come to this, couples can come to this, art aficionados can come to this, and they can all have a wonderful time because it is, if nothing else, a way of theatrically saying art has something for every one of us. And it's an inclusive event that is bigger and more exciting than the sum of its individual parts. I'm so proud of what it is that we do. I feel like we are a really, you know, on one level, something that encourages people to see what unites us and what brings us together more than what divides us. And that's important these days. 
And I think it's really interesting. Every year, the last piece is the Last Supper. It was interesting to hear the story this year about telling how uh, this couple that lived there in Laguna started it in the 30s. And the first year, they went around and found 12 friends and <laughs> guys yeah. working in hey, the supermarket or, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and got them together. And can you talk a little bit about the history? I'd love to. That's that's a story I've been wanting to tell and actually have written about for uh, archival purposes uh, many times before. There's a, I wrote an article for this year's program as well. But Roy and Marie Rob were local artists and business people there in the small arts community of Laguna Beach. And in 1934, they had watched living pictures being put on as kind of a sideshow novelty as part of the two first three festivals of art. And Roy was unimpressed. And Marie, who had a background in theater and was also very much a lover of art, uh, agreed with him that this was not doing a service to the great masterpieces of art, to an appreciation for art history, and they wanted to make it into something more exciting. And in 1935, the festival board said, Roy, it's all yours. And I've been working for a long time to give Marie equal credit because she wrote the scripts she chose the music, and with Roy building the set, the stage, painting the backdrops for each of the pieces, with Marie also working on costumes, they created the basic template for the show that we see today. And I will firmly agree with you that it sounds ridiculous when you try to explain it, <laughs> but it is a wonderful chance to really embrace the ways in which art by its beauty, by its emotional resonance, by the uh, stories of the artists and their sacrifices or the artists and their personal investment in what they wanted to share with the world, it makes a great show. And in 1936, uh, Roy decided to do something really ambitious and end that performance with a recreation of The Last Supper. I'll tell you a secret from that time that they actually kept secret throughout the 1930s, and that is he couldn't find someone who had the right look for portraying Jesus. And he looked and he looked and he asked all of his neighbors. And finally, a woman who was on the festival board came into his office and he looked at her and he saw this dignified face and he said, oh my gosh, this is, this is what I need. And he talked with her and he asked her if she would possibly be willing to portray Jesus in the Last Supper. And she finally agreed on condition that he keep it a secret. And they even put out a fake story saying this is a former retired singer oh. who lived in the community. But in fact, it was a member of the, a woman on the festival board. Uh, there's a picture in the program of the original cast and it has someone had penciled in the names of each of the cast members above it. And where it's where Jesus, there's just a little arrow and it has X because they didn't want to give away the oh, festival that's right. board I actually identity. saw that. I saw that and I, I couldn't remember if it was an X or a question mark. So now that you, you bring it back, yeah. I actually saw that and I thought to myself, well, that's really interesting. Like, did they not like, was it so long ago they don't remember who it is? Or like, yeah, it definitely no, peaked, no. It it was, peaked my interest. It was one of the first pageant secrets. Uh, now I like to think of us as magicians who are good enough at what we do that we can actually show you how we're going to do the trick and this trick can still work. I, would, and I, I think of the pageant as stage magic enhanced with music to draw us in emotionally and stories that really hopefully take us deeper into the experience of the artist's life and the artworks 
and make it really something that can touch people who love art and also people who wouldn't walk across the street to a museum. They can still have a great time at the pageant. I'm so glad that you both, as newbies, had a good time as well because it, it is just a one-of-a-kind thing. It's not really in competition with Angels Baseball or Disneyland or right, anything right, else. Right, right, right. It has its, its hardcore audience who love, as much as I do, bringing people who've never seen it. I, I work and live in Los Angeles, and my most cynical, jaded Hollywood friends probably like you, Jeff, which sounds like uh, from, from her description. Um, can't believe that anything like this could possibly be going on on the scale that it is and with the uh, the sophistication and the just magic of it in Laguna Beach, California. But exactly. once they come... It's not on home. Broadway, so it's, yeah, exactly. Well, I was going to say, you mentioned uh, showing us how you do the trick oh, and yeah, then still doing the trick. Part, yeah. There was one point where you show us like how how they made up the actors. You show the different layers of the painting, so to speak, there on the thing. And you show us how you put it all together. And then you dim the lights for a second and come back up and you'd swear it's that very painting up there. And that was, that was for me, the biggest, oh, wow, moment of the night. Yeah, yeah, no, it, that, it, it is that breathtaking. Is a, it's a pageant tradition since 1966. That was the first time the director then decided to try it, to see if the audience would be entertained by it. He had no idea, but it uh, ended up being, and is still, one of the most popular moments in the show because it literally, as you say, or as I was mentioning, shows you how the trick is going to be done, and then it still has that wow factor. And we uh, take a great deal of pride in trying to find new variations on how to take you behind the scenes and show you how the setup is put together and just all the work that goes into it. Another thing about the pageant is this is old school theater technology. All of the sets are hand painted by our scenic artists. All of the costumes are built from scratch. Painted muslin is what they are ultimately made from and it's our designers in the wardrobe and costume and makeup and headpiece areas are all taking a completely original approach to those skills but it's hours and hours and hours of handiwork and then we can't take a talk about the pageant without talking about our amazing volunteers who've been coming back and helping us make this show possible since the beginning. It was a, began as a, a community enterprise in the little uh, village of Laguna and now we have people coming from as far away as Riverside or San Diego or even Woodland Hills to be a part of the show and to have their families be a part of the show and devote half their summer to uh, making this show that's bigger than all of us something that we can all be proud of. One thing I was going to say, too, is when you think about the art or you see the picture that they have on display, it might have like a different sort of a historical tone to the picture, whether it's early 1400s or, you know, maybe Impressionism or whatever. Well, the thing that I find really interesting, too, is that it's not just, you know, pictures like that. It's the brooches and the bronze statues and the... And the Fred the, movie posters. Yeah the, yeah, the movie posters. It's just such a wide variety. It's, like, really hard to find somebody who wouldn't be intrigued by that. I mean, it's like the gamut is so... The stone statues... Something for everybody. Yeah. Something for everybody. Direct, director Diane Chalice, I agree with that. Di- director Diane Chalice Davy has reintroduced themes to the show, which for a scriptwriter like me is a wonderful addition because it allows me to look at the whole spectrum of art from a thematic uh, standpoint. And we're both very committed to making this a show for the 21st century. We're not resting on any laurels or trying to maintain tradition except the tradition of being an entertaining and informative show. It's not an art history lesson, but it does contain wonderful stories. And I approach it, as does our wonderful narrator, who performs it live every 
every night as storytelling to enhance our experience and appreciation for a whole spectrum of art. As you pointed out, we're doing movie posters from the golden age of movie musicals with featuring Fred Astaire and Gene Kelly, but we're also doing uh, beautiful pieces of jewelry. We're, we're going through many different periods and are, I'm, I'm committed to taking a light tone uh, in the narration, but also I just have, especially in the second act, particularly wonderful stories to share. And it hopefully a uh, case of the audience being happy to come along and uh, just join us on a journey, in this case, through the theme of partners uh, to look at stories that really tell how art is not just a lone artist in his garret, but is in fact uh, art created by a community or by a couple or by, it doesn't happen in a vacuum. We all have partners working with us, our patrons, our uh, audience, our volunteers, and uh, of course our muses and uh, the artists themselves. I was going to say, I, I'm going to disagree with one point with you, which is I think it is art history, <laughs> an art history lesson. <laughs> and what I found was interesting is I knew a lot about the pieces that were in there, some of them, but then there were some that I felt like I didn't know anything about and learned something new. And I'm always into art history trickery, which is anytime... <laughs> You can get anyone to learn something about art. <laughs> and and we always love that when we, you know, take the kids and, you know, we were with our daughter in Paris and it's like going to the Orsay and trying to find different ways for them to be interested in art and learn about art. Because I think there is that sort of stigma if, if, if it's art history or something that you're learning about art. You have to be over 60 and it has to be, you know what I mean, like a certain certain sort of feel to it when I think it can be accessible to all depending on the venue that you present it. To me, the first thing I thought was, gosh, I would love our kids to go see this and just learn, not only see the beautiful production, but learn so much. I mean, I just think that that's something I really think is interesting. The festival happens every year, which is really important because we run our show, you know, several times a year and kind of get evergreen content. So we want to make sure that people know that the show happens this year and every year. And what are the approximate dates every year and where can people get information um, about the show, the arts festival, where to get tickets at the Pageant of the Masters? Well, the first place online would be to go to www.foa for Festival of Arts, pom.com for Pageant of the Masters, foapom.com. And with that, you'll find information about the show schedule. It's every night between approximately the 7th or 8th of July, depending on where the 4th of July falls, and usually the end of August. This summer is July 7th. Through August 31st every single night and we welcome audiences to a show that is just as much fun on a Monday night as it is on a Thursday night as it is on a Saturday night and our audiences uh, respond with the same kind of enthusiasm uh, throughout the summer and it's it's a long journey as far as the uh, sheer volume of pieces and the uh, but not in terms of the entertainment during a 90-minute performance the audiences get swept along and we like to think that when the lights come up at the end everybody's going oh it's already over and, yeah yeah and we were thank you we were like we want about, more yeah and I think another fun <laughs> thing about the venue about our oh yeah I think there another really fun thing about the this goes back to being a newbie so I want to like make sure people that are listening when they're planning their night you can bring come early go to the arts festival that's there you can bring in anything but glass is that correct to the theater so people can bring a glass of wine they can bring a little picnic and so that's it just makes it you can make a whole you know half afternoon evening of this event and um, just letting people know that too and actually we did a little bit of both we had some stuff with us 
but we also purchased some stuff at the venue and the venue food was really, really good. I mean, that it's all done by Gina's, which is, you know, a lot of times you'll expect, you know, what a hot dog and you know, whatever. But I mean, it was like, you can get wine and cheese and all sorts of really, you know, like flatbreads. And so that's really like a fun thing to add to the whole mix of the night. Well, and the festival which produces the pageant is really the reason that all of this is done. The festival gives back to the community in scholarships for high school art students, in other assistance for other uh, arts organizations locally, and uh, it's really a gift to all the artists who are juried into the premier art exhibit there at the festival. And as you say, you can spend a wonderful day. There's live music on the grounds every day. There are special events. The festival really makes it a one-stop fits all. If you've got tickets to the pageant, those tickets will get you into the festival any day of the summer for the rest of the summer as well, which is an additional sort of bargain bonus. And there are also separate tickets just for the festival if you don't have pageant tickets. But we like to think that everybody who can come to the pageant will want to come see what it is we do because it's it's one of a kind. It's only in Laguna Beach and it is as you say, an art history lesson, but one which I have personally devoted myself to as a someone who's spent his life in the theater to making as accessible and uh, universal and just as fun as I can possibly uh, well, I couldn't make agree it. More. And, it's amazing, absolutely and, amazing. And double double bring your date here. <laughs> bring, bring your bring your date. Bring your kids. Bring your folks. There is no one who, barring kids under four, that is the one stipulation of the bowl because it's it does get out about ten thirty at night and. and and for everybody else's comfort, kids have to be at least four years old to come and see the pageant. <laughs> but uh, but there's no other raid, uh, age limitation, and it is just a beautiful night. We had a full moon last night, which just added to the ambiance and the beauty and the magic of the show. And I, I thank you for coming. I'm really glad that you had a great time, and I hope that uh, everyone listening to this will, will have uh, given uh, the pageant a chance in the near future. Yes, definitely. Thank you so much for spending time with us. We'll be back with more of today's show right after this. Questions or comments for the Travel Brigade? Tweet them at Travel Brigade. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry. I'm here with Jeff Griffin. We are in the beautiful Laguna Beach. It's one of my favorite places. I love Southern California, and so any of these beach cities, I just I love them all. And they all each have their own little flair. Of course, Laguna, we're here talking about the arts for a reason. It's one of the art capitals of one of these beach cities. And I wanted to talk a little bit about if you're coming to the pageant, traveling to the pageant. It's amazing. It's totally worth the trip. What do you do when you're here? And so I wanted to talk a little bit about that. We've got another episode where we did more of Laguna Beach in general. We wanted to talk about some of our favorite places if you're if you're visiting here. Well, first of all, our favorite place to stay, no doubt about it, is the Surf and Sand. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. It's on the water. It's got a beautiful pool. It goes right out to the ocean. The rooms, the beautiful balconies out to the water. Great food, great fun. Love it. Great location. If you listen to that episode, we recorded some of it there, and you'll hear the waves breaking in the background. Literally, you, yeah. You literally, from your room, can hear the waves breaking on the sand. Absolutely. We love the Surf and Sand. It's one of our favorite places. And then also to eat. You know, you've got when you come down for the pageant, you really sort of should make it a day at least if you're going to come down. We recommend staying, you know, a few days, especially if you're coming down for the pageant, doing the festival and seeing if you can catch a show, doing the sawdust. There's a lot to do. 
there's a lot of really good restaurants here, but one of our favorites is Las Grises. It's the one place I know for sure that I will eat seafood galore. Go there, get the gazpacho, get the crab meat with it. You won't be sorry. No, and then they have to get the tower. That's one of our favorites, the fruits de mar. And it's also a place where you can just go, if you want to just go hang out and have a drink and overlook the ocean, yes, you can do that there, too. they have a beautiful patio with a different menu yeah, out there. And, and they appetizers do appetizers and drinks yep. and just look out over the ocean. Wonderful Sunday brunch. They've got it all. And then also, you know, a lot of times you'll go to the beach and you can either pack a picnic or you'll want a quick little bite. You know, a few places around there that you can grab something, go to the beach. But there is a really cute little French place called C'est la Vie, which a lot of people think is just a sit-down place, which is it's great for that. But one of the things I really like is they also have this to-go area that's not only a bakery but you can get things to go like you know breakfast sandwiches or quiche like we went and got quiche for the day and like had hot quiche at the beach which sounds kind of weird but it was fun and or you can do sandwiches or whatever so they have a to-go area too with all the pastries and that's like a really great place to go as well one thing we should mention here is the festival location the pageant of the masters location you're less than half a mile from main beach and the main downtown area of laguna beach so you can kind of go back and forth during the day if you want to. A few little tricks that we found out coming here was, one, you can bring food into the festival and they've got picnic tables there and everything and you can just sit and enjoy. And into the venue itself. As long as you don't have a hard cooler, that, that was sort of the rule. No glass and no hard cooler. So we saw tons of people. There was some really great music and we had you know tons of people that were like bringing these huge picnics. Like Some of them had tablecloths and and candles and had all their friends there. It looked to me like they were very, like this was a, a pretty regular tradition for them. But then we also bought some food there and I was really... Yeah, they really, had some food there too yeah. that was really good. And I was expecting, of course, your typical hamburger or whatever. And it's done by Gina's, which anyone who knows Laguna knows Gina's pizza. But they did like, they do a flatbread pizza with, with pear and goat cheese. We got a really great crackers and cheese plate that had like four different kinds of cheeses and nuts and apricot jam and some really good stuff. Of course, they it's it's an alcohol venue, so you can have you know wine or beer or anything like that. And then you can also take any of those things and kind of have your own little thing while you're watching the show as well. So it's great fun. There's also music on a lot of the nights. We were there on a night when they had a little stage there and they had a band there playing some fun music. People were dancing. This was all before the show. Oh, and there's the activities to do too. When you go around, so you're looking at the artists before the show, having your picnic, doing all that. They have these uh, vendors that are there to like show you how to do art. So there, I think there, there was printmaking and pottery and there was several, like maybe four or five options. And you can actually sit there and do some art. And, and it was really kids of all ages. I mean, I did some, Jeff did some, but we noticed that it really wasn't just kid geared. It was definitely for everyone. And it was really fun to learn a little bit about it. Yeah, I would recommend if you're going to do this, I would set aside a few hours before for sure, the show. Yeah. Go there, go look at some art, pack a picnic or get something there or walk down to into the town and get something there and then come back and enjoy the music before the show. And then you go into the show and it starts just as it gets dark. And so you can really make a full day of it. Absolutely. It's a great place, great fun, great day. Coming up, we're going to hear from two of the artists who are exhibiting at the festival, Nancy Hawley and Fabrice Spias. Stay tuned. You're listening to Travel Gage, a weekly travel and destination show. We will be right back. You're listening to Travel Brigade with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. You can follow them on Twitter, like them on Facebook, and check out their website at TravelBrigade.com. 
Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. I don't know how we can beat, I mean, every single show we've been doing lately, we've been sitting here and got an ocean breeze. And now not only do I have ocean breeze, but I have beautiful artwork to surround me. I was just going to say, I've been fortunate enough to go to, you know, the Louvre, Chicago Art Institute, the places in New York. None of them have an ocean breeze with their art. We've got that here in Laguna Beach. We're at the Festival of Arts of Laguna Beach, where every summer they bring together some great artists and put them here within distance of the ocean breeze. It's just a great time to come and visit and enjoy a summer day out and see some great art. Here to tell us more about it is one of the exhibitors, Nancy Hawley who is a fine art photographer. Nancy, tell us a little bit about what it means to be in this festival to you. Oh, gosh. It is such a privilege for me. I was born and raised in this town, and so to actually end up exhibiting here as an adult is very serendipitous and full circle for me. I used to work on the grounds as a teenager, so it would have just been a dream back then to have actually made it into this show and, and made a career out of this. Very honored to be here. Tell us a little bit about, I mean, I think a lot of people get misconceptions about art shows, and this is a very competitive, to get in the show in the first place, this is a little about that, how many artists are here, how many people apply. This is a show that uh, showcases 140 artists. Every year there are 40% are juried out and allowing space for new artists to enter and submit their work and have an opportunity to show here. This particular show I find to be one of my favorites just for so many reasons. One, it's a static show for two months. It's set up and you enjoy uh, what amounts to 350,000 patrons from all over the world come here. The people behind the scenes are, they just, they're magic makers and they're very supportive of the artists and it is like having a mini gallery for two months out of the year. It is absolutely one of my favorites. And the ocean breeze. What's really interesting too is the variety. I think a lot of people get this idea of photography, watercolor, oils, but I mean, there's really, there's mixed media here. Here, there's glass here, there's jewelry here, just the exquisite different variety that you can get here. Yes, I agree. That is one of the beautiful features about this particular show is the different mediums and you're not seeing the same thing over and over again and it's absolutely beautiful. Tell us a little bit about your specialty, what sort of inspired you with your art, how you got started and kind of where you are right now. Well, I've probably always had a camera in my hand. Whether I thought I could actually be a professional photographer, I'm not quite sure, but being introduced to uh, photographing the horses of Newport Beach uh, seven years ago really launched the opportunity for me to get involved in this. The images uh, that were taken back then turned into a solo art show. That solo art show turned into encouragement to apply and jury into this show. I was juried in straight away on my first attempt and have been very warmly received ever since then. So it has through commissions and working with groups that advocate on behalf of the Wild Mustang, I find this to be a passionate and beautiful full-time job. And that initial attraction to the horses has just developed into kind of a passion about the cause for wild horses. Yes, that is correct. They're in danger right now. There are more than 50,000 wild horses in captivity that have been harshly rounded up. Less than 15,000, I believe, still in the wild and a constant aggressive uh, schedule of roundups, which I believe uh, is intended to eradicate them. So anything that we can do to raise awareness and, and keep the fight going to protect them is, is well worth it. I have to ask, was it easier working here as a teenager to get free Cokes or is it easier as an artist? <laughs> 
I think as a teenager, <laughs> although they take very good care of us. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about where people can maybe see some examples of your work, where they can purchase your work, all that interesting, like about your background, all of that. It is interesting. I, I have found the need to have a balance. When I first started doing the fine art photography of the horses, I did a half a dozen festivals and shows throughout California, and I found that it sort of took me away from the travel which was necessary for me to create the portfolio to display to the public. So at this point, I am focused on two of the larger shows, the Festival of Arts in Laguna Beach and the La Quinta Arts Festival, which is in March. And the rest of my time is traveling and and donating and advocating. And where can people find out information about you and your art? Primarily on my website and through my art shows. My website is nancyhollyphotography.com. Perfect. We are going to have more on today's show here at the Arts Festival. We'll be right back. Questions or comments for the Travel Brigade? Tweet them at Travel Brigade. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin here in Laguna Beach at the beautiful Arts Festival. We've been popping around to different booths here, um, like we were talking about a little bit before in our previous interview. So many different mediums. I mean, we have watercolor, oil, glass, jewelry, photography. It's really, really great. Yeah, there's 140 artists here. And let me tell you, Laguna Canyon, in the summertime, you would want to come to this spot just to sit here and just enjoy the beautiful surroundings and enjoy the sea breeze. But you get to come here and see 140 different artists at the Festival of Arts of Laguna Beach. One of them is Fabrice Spies. He does beautiful works focused around the beach. How did you end up focusing so much on the beach? Uh, well, to start with, I, I think the surrounding, like living around the area, I live in San Clemente. Before I was in L.A., so a uh, few of my paintings, most of my paintings were uh, most urban style. And I moved to uh, San Clemente about uh, eight years ago. And uh, the, the scenery, the beach scenery, the coastal scene just uh, took my breath away. And so I started taking pictures and paint those, uh, those scenery, as well as the one from France where I was born to. I was looking through your book over there, and what I really noticed is yeah, you have everything from Saint Tropez to Miami. And one of the things that I really noted, too, as well as in Miami, you have the different lifeguard towers, which is so great because I was born and raised in Newport Beach, and it's like what you know when you see that lifeguard stand. We've been to Miami, obviously, but like Huntington, Newport, Laguna, they all have their own little flair. And that was really fun to see it because that's how you immediately recognize kind of where you're at. And a lot of people who don't go to the beach or have that beach, they don't. that's not a big thing to them. But those of us who are in the inner circle, right, really get that. <laughs> It is true, um, and the things with those Miami Tower, which are so colorful, this is what attracted me the first, the first time, but what of the, what of the best you know where you're at? Like everyone will pass by and look at the portfolio or so those painting. Actually, client to purchase those, those painting was like an attorney firm who had an office, who had an office in Miami, and uh, when I created this series of four uh, painting for them, they were very exciting, and they put them in their lobby. They are up north, actually, they are like northern California in Oakland, which is gray most of the year, so they would 
really enjoyed this, uh, this little sun coming from those planting uh, on a daily basis. And also, acrylic is one of my favorite mediums. I don't know if it's the brightness, the color, I don't know, but I'm always drawn to acrylic. And of course, I was also going through your book, Being Raised in Newport, seeing that beautiful picture of the ferry, which is so quintessential, Newport Beach, right across from Balboa. It's, it's one of my favorite picturesque moments of growing up. I, I love this. I do something about the fairy wheels. It's just I think it takes you back to your childhood and something you you always, you know, growing up, you at some point been into a, a fairy wheel. First of all, but second of all, also, you just take, it's a, it's a, it's a point of view or a viewpoint, you will see, actually, because you're always going to be at, a, at, at some point at a higher spot when you have this fantastic view. And by example, the one you're referring is the one in Balboa. And when you're on the top of it, you can really see the whole island, uh, the Presqu'île, then it's, then it's beautiful. Talk a little bit about what it is about the Festival of Arts here at Laguna Beach that, that you really enjoy being a part of. Well, the Festival of, the festival of Arts in Laguna Beach is, is unique. You won't find any festival like that in, in, in the United States. It started with uh, 140 artists, which we become a family to the summer. We're spending so much time together for two months. It's very enjoyable. Everybody knows each other. And uh, also, there is a fantastic team who are professional and put music, art, uh, food, wine, uh, atmosphere around this ground, then in for free, basically. Like, uh, then it's, uh, you, it's unmatched in, in any art festival. The fact that also we're here during two months, people really have, there is no rush. You have time to come, enjoy the art, talk to the artist or not, you can come back later on. There is this passion of the master who brought at least 2,500 people on a daily basis to two months. So it's pretty, as an artist, you will never have that much exposure in your life than at the festival. That's true. We are going to talk more about the pageant of the Masters. I'm so excited. We are here for the preview night that starts tomorrow. It's going to be opening up. It's a yearly thing, and they change their theme every year. It's so exciting. It is like the place to be. I mean, you get to have this incredible art show pre-going to the pageant. It's really kind of, you can't beat it. Yeah, tell us a little bit about where people can find more information about you and your work. Uh, well, to the website. People can go to the website. I'm here pretty much every day, so we have two months when people can come visit and, and we can talk about the art in a, in a nice atmosphere. It is live music. It's, 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 it's just the art, the music, the wine, the food, everything. And nothing spare up as well as, as that in, in beautiful Laguna Canyon. I mean, uh, the beach is like about less than a couple of hundred yards from here. It's just spectacular. So I think is the, the fact that um, people can really relax in, in, in this environment. It's not too uptight. You know, uh, artists are very approachable. And um, so, yeah, come to the booth. I'm at booth 96, and people can pick up a card, uh, check more on the website. My website is FabriceSPS.com. Uh, so it's my name, first name, last name.com. And you can see a little bit about all the art that I've been doing uh, you know, for many years now. And so you'll have a little bit of ballet, a little bit of uh, all around the place, a little bit more urban, but also all my coastal collection, which I'm in displaying um, for the first time full-on coastal this year at the festival. Beautiful. We will have more on today's show. We will also have website links to both of the artists that we spoke with on our hot sheet for today's show. Please stay with us. We will be right back. always agree, but they always seem to have their reasons. Next up, Travel Brigade's countdown of their favorites from this week's show on He Said, She Said.
Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry with Jeff Griffin here in Laguna. Of course, talking about the Pageant of the Masters, which is this amazing thing you've got to come down and see. It's a beautiful thing, very unique here in Laguna Beach. Yeah, we've had a great time here. Laguna is always a great place to come, but uh, the Pageant of the Masters really blew me away. The festival was fantastic and everything surrounding it was great. We've come to the time when we're going to have to pick our three favorite things for He Said, She Said. This is going to be very hard. I'm going to start with, I really like the hands-on artwork. I thought that was fun. I thought it was fun to learn about it. And I thought it was fun to do. And there was like four or five different choices. And I thought that was really great to do some hands-on stuff. That was fun. My number three is sort of the overall experience at the festival in the evening before we even went to the show. I mean, we were sitting there just about in this beautiful little canyon, about half a mile from the beach. You could feel the breeze, the ocean breeze coming in. We were having something to eat and we were sitting at a table outdoors. There was a band there playing a lot of fun music. If we had just gotten up and gone home before we saw the show, I would, you know, I would have said, hey, that was, that was a great night, you know? I mean, so even just that was fantastic. And I don't know if we, I can't remember if we talked about that in the interviews, is that the ticket to the festival is free with your pageant ticket. So we might have brought that up, but just so you know for sure. I was going to talk about my number two, which is just talking with the artists. That's one of the things that I think is really interesting. You know, you have quite a variety of artists there. So, I mean, there's always something for your taste, anything from jewelry to watercolor to oil to wood carving to you know just all sorts of really interesting things and so some of the artists are right there the whole time and it's just really interesting their stories their backstories how they got there how they started and and kind of what they do I think it's fascinating yeah that was going to be my number two was the variety sometimes you know you go places and there's all this or it's all that this had everything my number one is the pageant itself it's Absolutely amazing. I think, again, trying to explain what the pageant is, is basically 3D art live. The thing that I found the most fascinating is not only are those volunteers and actors in it, absolutely amazing that they can hold still and pull these poses off and make this happen. Of course, the scenery and everything else. But there's this one piece of the show where they actually start from beginning to end, from the time that they hire the actor to do that part, to the time they do the fitting, to the time they do the makeup, to the time they do everything. And then they actually literally on stage pull the whole piece together, pieces, because there's several of them. You've got the actors and there's usually about three different pieces that come together to make this sort of, you know, experience. Then they turn the lights off and turn them on and it's in its full glory. And it's amazing. I think you have more of appreciation for that. On that note as well, it's just the variety of the different pieces that they do. I mean, they do, you know, early century stuff. They do different pieces in different artistic realms. They do statues. They did jewelry. They did um, movie posters. It's really fun that you have a different variety of those things. My number one is just going to be the wow factor. I found myself going, wow several times during this performance. <laughs> he doesn't do Which I don't often. generally, at sporting <laughs> the events, cynic. If, He's there's, a cynic. if there's a walk-off homer or somebody makes a one-handed catch in football or somebody hits a 50-foot shot in basketball, I go, <laughs> that was the equivalent of this. And it was about three or four different times during the night when I said that. And the whole evening was just amazing. You know, we can sit here and tell you that they dress people up and make them look like famous paintings that that just barely scratches the surface Mm -hmm. of what this all is yeah it's it's a production for sure you've just got to go see it for yourself so unfortunately it's time for us to leave laguna canyon and and head to another destination but we will find another fun destination okay okay and in the meantime please remember there are two stages in life you're either on a trip or you're planning your next trip whatever stage you're in please join us next week see you next week
and enjoy the trip. You have been listening to Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin on Travel Brigade. Connect with them on Facebook, Twitter, and at TravelBrigade.com.